How's everyone doing this morning? Good. Oh, lots of positive answers out there. I like that. I like that. Um, how are you really feeling this morning? Okay, still, okay, all right, all right. You know, maybe this message isn't needed today. No, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. Um, well, I, you might be wondering, well, why isn't Pastor John sharing with us this morning? He's back. And, and well, what ended up happening is God blessed us with a couple of uh, guest speakers during the last few weeks, and it extended uh, my time of sharing in this series with you. So I have one more, and you'll get to hear from Pastor John next week. And I know we're all, including myself, I could use a message um, from the Lord through him, and so I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to share with us next week. But first, we're going to finish up this series called Peace of Mind. Who here has gotten something out of this message series so far? Yeah, that's, that lines up with what I've been um, sensing and the feedback that I've been getting. This series is so, so needed in our world, and this is the last week. We've talked about everything from myths of mental health to anxiety, depression, negative thinking, worry, um, all sorts of different things, and how God cares about you, how he sees you, and you're hurt, and it's okay to have these emotions and to let them draw you close to the Lord, to our great physician, our great healer who can help us through these things, and it is also care, okay to share with one another and to seek help by other means as well. And we want to be a church where we help one another, where we point others to getting help and receiving help because we believe that God is, um, he can help us be overcomers in all things, that he can heal us of these things that we experience in our lives. Well, this morning, maybe some of you are in this boat and you didn't quite share it yet, but maybe some of you, you're on the edge. Maybe there's been a lot that's been building up in your life and it's been building up and building up and you just aren't sure if you can take or handle just one more thing. Just one more thing added to your list, added to the bad news that you've gotten in your life. And I want you to know that I actually understand a little bit about that this morning. Um, I had been serving in the church for about 19 years with my husband, and that was um, either working in secular jobs and helping serve as a volunteer or as a pastor, pastor. And for 19 years and multiple major moves and multiple homes, and it feels like I've been a cat living nine different lives at times, bouncing around, it, it kind of added up. And, and before, in some of these moves, I had a chance to really process all that had happened over the course of time in that one area and really move through that and process that with God, we'd be moving on to the next thing. And our last major move was here to Largo, to Oak Ridge Wesleyan Church and um, coming back to Pinellas County. And we were excited, but it was 2019 and our house had rats and COVID came. And it was awesome, right? And so um, we hit the ground running, and then we had to stop. But really, we really didn't truly stop. Um, COVID was crazy. And, and all these years of ministry kind of led up to this moment. And it was kind of like, and I didn't even realize that it was like the final straw, the last straw that broke me until I went on sabbatical recently. But it was crazy um, for all of us. And what ended up happening is I went into survival mode. 
Um, what do I need to do to take care of my family, to maintain my family during this time? What do we do to keep the doors of our church open during this time? What do we do to keep people connected during this time? What do we do week by week? Do we, do we have a service? Do we do drive-in? Do, can people roll down their windows and say hello? Or is the plague going to escape from our windows and get everyone, you know, and then, and then there was the losses, right? And we're still dealing with that as a church. Losses of friends, losses of family members. And as new pastors who are just getting to know people, that, that, was, that was difficult, right? And I just kicked into survival mode. Okay, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. Do what we can to survive, to keep things going, to not shut down. And, and I never took the time to stop, to rest, and to seek. I, I saw it the Lord, but it was like in decisions. Okay, God, is this it? Okay, I think you're saying yes, and go. Um, that's how things were. And and I didn't fully understand at the time why I was feeling less and less love, why I was feeling more and more bitterness, that I was actually in the process of working so hard, drawing away in, into myself and more isolation from my family, from my friends, from my church. And I didn't understand why was I constantly, even with the little things, living in a state of just kind of constantly being overwhelmed with life in my situation. I didn't know just how much I needed sabbatical, the gift that you allowed us to take until I went, until I stopped. And sabbatical was healing. It, God revealed all these things to me that I really didn't know that I had done and the things that I had done wrong and the things that I didn't do. And he revealed those things. It was a, a, an opportunity to let go of that pressure valve and to release that pressure, to give it to God, to heal, to grieve, and to receive forgiveness, to seek um, mercy um, on all the things that had really snuck up on me in life and in ministry. And so, for those of you that might feel like the pressure is mounting in your life and you just can't do it all, I want to tell you that if you feel like you're about to crumble and break, you're not alone. <laughs> there are so many people in our world that are truly hurting right now, that are going through a lot, that have just let things stack up and haven't really processed or dealt with things in a healthy way. In actually, according to 2021, there was a survey of U.S. workers that took place, and it was discovered that more than half of workers feel burnt out as a result of their job demands. And if you're like normal, if some of you are working, uh, more than half of you this morning just feel burnout just by work, just what you do from eight to five or whatever your hours are every week. And that's the easy part of your life, right? There's so many other things that go on that add to that, to just stack on top of that. Everywhere we turn, people feel overwhelmed and feel stressed out, and they feel like they're on the edge of burnout. So today we're going to talk about these things. We're going to talk about stress, and we're going to talk about burnout. And I want to help you understand that burnout isn't just the result of working long hours. It isn't that. It isn't just that. It can be so much more. So if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to get it out at this time, whether it's paper or digital, um, or the one in the seat in front of you. Get it out this time and raise it up in the air. I love it. Again, my favorite person, I say, I got my Bible, PK. 
Awesome, awesome. It's so encouraging to see you have God's word with you this morning. If you can turn to 1 Kings um, chapter 19, that's where we're going to be at today, but we'll get there in just a few moments. What is stress? What is burnout really in our lives? According to experts, it's a combination of mental, emotional, and physical exhaustion from multiple sources and complicated situations. One counselor, excuse me, described burnout this way. Burnout is generally a reflection of our inability to balance all of the competing demands that we all struggle with. It's our inability to balance all the things, all the stuff, (laughs) What is it? It's a social pressure to be there for everyone, to live up to their expectations, to live up to our own expectations of ourselves and say yes to everything, to be available, to serve, to give, to be positive, to keep up an image, to show everybody how good your life is on social media. Even though you feel like you're falling apart in your own life and in your own circle. It's financial pressure. It's I've got to pay for the kids and all the demands and all the activities, the bills, the grocery, the mortgage, and I feel like I'm getting behind more and more all the time. Some of you are dealing with aging parents and complications that go with that. Very real and difficult situations there. Then there's health issues for a lot of us and stressful work environments. Add to that things like Israel, the the things in the world that are going on and the craziness and the division and the hatred that's going on in our world that just gets piled on top of that. And then there's spiritual guilt, the lies of the enemy that the enemy feeds us. Like, I'm just not good enough. I'm not living up to God's expectations. I'm not living up to what I, where I thought I'd be at this point in my life. And it all feels like just too much sometimes. Sometimes we consider opening up and maybe telling a few people about how we feel, but then we hesitate because once upon a time we maybe shared with somebody in the past and a well-meaning person said, oh, you're just stressed, just just pray about it, it'll be okay, just take it to God. And now you're afraid if you do actually share and open up with someone that you're breaking down mentally, that there's just too much going on. People might doubt your faith your love for Jesus because of a stigma or because of a feeling that they might have a stigma against you now. And so you don't share. If you're battling with feelings of being overwhelmed, you're not alone. And even since my sabbatical, most of you know I've taken on another job and I needed this message this week. I've been battling with this message going, oh my goodness, God, I need this yet again in my life. Thank you for the reminders because I need, I need this message. And, and I believe that some of us need this message too. And today we're going to look at scripture about a better a, a way to look at things when we just feel like life is overwhelming. So let's pray about what we're about to receive. God, we pray that the power of your Holy Spirit today would do a work in our hearts. That this moment that we pause in, that there would be a turning over of the burden to you, God. The burden of those that are hurting, that are overwhelmed, that we would take this moment to breathe to receive your presence and to let go of some of these things, God, 
Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Help me to communicate what you want me to communicate in this area of burnout. God, I pray that you would be our healer today. God, I pray overall that we would encounter your Holy Spirit, that we would encounter the presence of an amazing and living and mighty and victorious God today. And we pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to ask you again. Anybody, I'm going to ask in a different way. Anybody stressed this morning about something? Okay, all right, all right. Anybody feel like you're burned out, like you're past stress? You're just, okay. I'm loving the honesty. I'm loving it. What I want to do is try and help diagnose kind of a little bit of what we're experiencing together and then take a look at scripture and see what we can learn. First, let's start with the difference of stress and burnout. There's a little bit of a difference there. So what is it? The first thing is stress. Stress is generally is short-lived and related to a temporary project or event. Uh, maybe there's some stress that you have a pro about a presentation coming up, or maybe a fall craft fair coming up, or, or, <laughs> or maybe you have some stress about a big test coming up in school if you're a student and you don't quite feel prepared, or you feel stressed because there's a problem in your life that you're trying to solve, or maybe you've gotten a new job and you're kind of acclimating and trying to figure out how you fit in. Uh, maybe there's a stress of maybe you've just recently moved or you're preparing for a move. It's some kind of temporary event, problem, or challenge, and that's, that's stress. It's a temporary thing. Burnout, on the other hand, is chronic stress that feels never-ending and ongoing. This is when you feel like you just have no relief in sight. This is when you get to the point where you might say, I don't even care anymore. I quit. I'm throwing in the towel. I feel like there's nothing left inside. I'm dead inside. And I just, I quit. I quit. I feel hopeless. I don't know what to do anymore. And if you find yourself in one of these two places this morning, stressed or maybe even flirting with burnout, we're going to take a look at a guy in the Old Testament, a prophet named Elijah. We talked a lot about Elisha, remember, earlier this summer, and we're going to talk this morning about Elijah, who experienced a lot of the same feelings that maybe some of us are experiencing today. Elijah loved God. He was a powerhouse for God. My goodness, uh, he did so many things that are just mind-blowing. Um, some of the things he did, uh, he confronted an evil king, just a nasty evil king named Ahab, and he confronted him and said, hey, you're sinning against God. That takes boldness. That takes enormous, crazy kind of courage. And then he prophesied because of the king's evil, uh, evil sinfulness and stuff that he had done, that a drought would come over the land, come upon the land for three entire years. And then when the king heard this, he wasn't like, oh, okay, sure. He was mad, right? So he sent all of his forces out to try and kill Elijah. And Elijah went on the run for three years. But he didn't have, he didn't just float around out there wondering what was going to happen. During this time, God provided. God miraculously provided bread and meat from the ravens. God was with him. He comforted him and guided him and strengthened him during this time. 
And during the time of the run, Elijah actually raised a widow's dead son from the grave. And upon his return back, he stood down 850 false prophets while he called down fire from heaven that burned down a water-drenched altar, which displayed the goodness, power, and the glory of God. And he did all this with his great, tremendous faith in his God. After hearing about the deaths of her prophets, King Ahab's wife, Jezebel, got upset, right? And she basically said to King Ahab, honey, if you can't get it done, I'm going to get that job done myself. I'm going to go after Elijah. She's told Elijah, by this time tomorrow, mark my words, you will be dead. You will be gone. I want you to think about Elijah for a moment. This guy experienced the nonstop blessing and protection of God, the ever-present provision of God, the presence of God, and the almighty power of God. And after he stood down 850 men, one really irritated woman made a threat, and he fell apart. And I get it, because it's amazing what you can endure until you can't. (laughs) Someone criticizes you, your kids cause problems, you're dealing with stress at work, you're financially feeling feeling the pressure and it builds, you get get bad news of a health report, you got a test done, it comes back wrong, and you handle it, and you just keep swimming, and you just keep going until there's one too many, and one little thing can make you fall apart. And all Jezebel did, she just made a threat. And what's fascinating is she didn't even follow it through. She didn't do anything to follow up the threat. She didn't send out any armies. She didn't send out any mercenaries. She didn't send out any crazy ninjas on Elijah. She she just gave a verbal threat. That's all she did. And he crumbles, as we do, under one of Satan's greatest tools that he uses, and that is fear. I, I can't do this. I, 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 can't, I, I can't handle this. I, I, there's just too much. I no longer have what it takes, and Elijah falls apart. And I'll show you this story, and possibly, and unfortunately, maybe some of you can see yourself in some of this story. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 3 through 5, it says this. After Jezebel had made her threat, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the bush, and he fell asleep. He gave up stress and burnout. How do our bodies respond to stress and burnout? We've often taken a look at, at the science behind things. What, what happens to our bodies during this time? And according to studies that have been done and the experts, stress and burnout will also often manifest itself in three ways. And I want to share these with you so you might possibly see them in your own life and you can kind of go, oh, oh, am I heading towards burnout? Oh, okay, maybe there's something that I need to do about my life and and the situations that I'm in. 
The first thing you might see is a physical manifestation in your body of stress and burnout. Because of the stress, because of the burnout, because of the weight of what you are carrying, you might find yourself literally easily fatigued, tired, low on energy. You might find it very difficult to recover from normal everyday tasks that used to just come easy and simply. Those who are battling with burnout, you might find it difficult to sleep at night. And this compounds into more health issues like headaches, body aches, or literally just feeling the stress coursing through their body. I know I've felt that before. And then because of this, we can start to, un to cope in unhealthy types of ways, like changing our eating habits, eating for comfort, eating things with sugar, eating too much of things. Maybe we're abusing alcohol, maybe prescription medication or just drugs to cope. Maybe TV, whatever it is, we're just going there. You've got physical manifestations that find themselves just compounding more and complicating themselves in your life in negative ways. You also see that there's mental implications from stress and burnout as well. Two things happen in our brain from stress and burnout. Our amygdala enlarges and our prefrontal cortex tends to weaken. We've talked about the amygdala before. The amygdala is that almond-shaped part of your brain that God gives us that alarms us when there is a troubling situation, when there is something that we might need to fight or flight. It's that fight or flight part of our brain. And when we find ourselves consistently stressed, then we're more vulnerable to fear. And we feel more desperate. We have this ongoing state of compounding anxiety. Stress also weakens the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that helps you make decisions. All of a sudden, when you used to be confident and decisive, you find yourself unable to make the simplest of decisions that you used to make without even thinking. You might even battle with a loss of memory or find it very difficult to focus. You may have some physical issues, you may have some mental issues, and then finally you may have emotional issues as you battle with stress, anxiety, or burnout. You might just not feel very motivated anymore that you have a loss of self-confidence, a loss of self-control, a, a feeling of self-doubt. You might think that you're a failure in life, that you aren't good enough or you don't have what it takes. You start to isolate yourself and feel alone and just generally miserable. And you might spiral into a list of cynical and self-defeating thoughts. And then what happens is the enemy loves this. The bitterness slips into your heart. And what often happens if you're a person of faith, you start to feel disconnected from God. And sometimes you even start to blame God. God, how did you let me get here? I can't take this anymore. How do we get to that place? Hopefully you're not there this morning. Hopefully life is truly good and you're feeling that this morning. But, but if you're there, how, how do we get there? Hopefully you're not. But if you're not careful, you could end up being on your way there. How do we get there? I've, I've made some of the, personally, I've made some of the same mistakes that Elijah made. And chances are pretty good that maybe some of you are making some of the, these same mistakes as well. 
And I want to show you in today's text three mistakes that describe how we end up experiencing burnout and stress and its effects in our lives. Number one big mistake is that we run ourselves into the ground. You just go, 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 go. And run yourself completely into the ground. The Energizer Bunny, contrary to its catchphrase, keeps going and going and going, has its moment when the batteries just die and the Energizer Bunny ain't going anymore. This is done. It's dead. Energizer Bunny doesn't just keep going and going and going. Sorry for those consumers out there. I just busted your bubble and you, you're not, now you're doubting, doubting Energizer Bunny batteries. But we just can't. Keep going and going and going. I'll show you how Elijah did this in verse 3. Simply, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. He ran. Literally, he ran. He was so afraid, he just ran. He took up a running until he couldn't run anymore. You may not know much about geography, but he actually ran to Beersheba, and, and what happened, he just couldn't have run any far, farther. I mean, there's is absolutely no way this man could have taken another step. He actually ran over 100 miles. That's like four marathons back to back. He just ran and ran and ran, and he literally ran himself into the ground, just like we do. I've got to work a full-time job. We're I've got to make sure I don't get so much debt. I've got to live up to everybody's expectations. I've got to make the honor roll or play my sport. I've got to be the perfect mom, the perfect dad, and you've got to provide for the family. You've got to be at every single event, and you've got to live up to everybody's expectations. You've got to say yes. You've got to be there. You can't disappoint anybody, and you've got to get in there. You can't just give up and show any weakness. No, you've got to be strong through it all, or you've got to be a super pastor, figuring out how to connect people, build relationships, fix your home, maintain your family, grow and keep the church open during COVID, and financial hardships. And all the while, we neglect our own spiritual, emotional, and physical needs. We just keep going, and we run ourselves into the ground. And over and over and over again, we make the same mistake by doing this. The second mistake we often make is we try to do it all on our own. We don't let other people in. And maybe for good reason. Maybe something happened and we're, we're, maybe we're afraid, but we're, again, we're letting fear stop us from not letting other people in. We try to make it without being honest about where we're vulnerable or without asking for help. And we see Elijah do this. He made an incredible mistake in verse 3 when he came to Beersheba and Judah. What did he do? He left his servant there. He left his friend behind. He left his wingman. He left his most trusted and intimate friend, and he went on trying to do this battle alone that was going on in his life. Now I want to pause for a moment and talk to some of my friends, maybe that might be joining online. That's where maybe some of you are right now. Like when COVID hit, I know it's been a few years, but we're still very much dealing with the effects of what that has done to all of us. When COVID hit, your form of church and community shifted to watching a message online. And thank God for that. That is amazing. Technology is awesome. Thank God it's still available to introduce and connect people to Christ and to our church community. And that's available to those who are sick, bedridden, or traveling. But 
if you have limited Christian community, you're putting yourself in an incredibly vulnerable position, not being present within the body. If you can, and if you are able, you need to be present within the church family, iron sharpening iron, praying for and loving one another in the body of Christ. The church of God is not just watching a video. The church of God is the people of God interacting with other people of God and doing the work of God. The enemy will do everything in his power to keep you from going to church or opening up and sharing your struggles with other people. He will make you think that you can handle it all on your own or that you will be an inconvenience to others if you share or that people won't like you if you show up and share what's been going on in your life. So we end up oftentimes letting embarrassment and shame keep us from letting others in or even showing up. We get proud. So we continue making the mistake of running ourselves into the ground and trying to do life all on our own. And then number three, we tend to dwell on the negative. There may be a lot of good, but all we see is that negative. Remember talking about negative thinking a couple weeks ago? We jump over what's good and we see what's wrong. And that's what Elijah does. He said, I've had enough. I failed. I'm throwing in my towel. Take my life, God. I'm no better than my ancestors. What's he doing? He's looking at who's gone before. He's playing the comparison game. I thought I'd do more by now. I thought I'd be better by now. I thought I would be in this position. My life would look like this. The very same thing you might do if you start feeling like you're feeling. Because you compare your life to everybody else's. Instead of looking at God and going, God, what do you want my life to look at? We start looking at everyone else. We all do it. I'll never be happy like them. Like they are, I'll never be married. I'll never be financially strong. I'll never get it all done. I'll never be happy. I've had enough. Stress becomes burnout. And you think that life, just like Elijah, isn't, isn't worth it anymore. The good news is, out of all these mistakes, and it, it feels heavy in this room right now, and that's for good reason, because I think a lot of us have been there. I know I've been there. But it doesn't have to be or stay that way. That is the good news. God can and offers his help. And what I want to show you is so, so awesome. It's so powerful. It's in, in Elijah's darkest moment, God came to him. God came to him in the form of an angel. In the very same way that God may come to you this morning with a word of hope, of encouragement in your situation, with a word of, to help build your faith in this moment. God initiated. God makes the move. God came to him, in this case, in the form of an angel. And scripture says this, all at once an angel touched him and said, sometimes you just need the touch from the presence of God. And the angel said, but before I'll tell you what the angel actually said, the angel didn't say, hey, loser, why are you hiding underneath that bush? You're afraid of that old Jezebel and her threat? What's your problem? No. The angel didn't say, it's a prayer problem. If you had prayed more, you wouldn't be here. The angel doesn't say it's a sin problem. If you had sinned less, you wouldn't be here. No, what the angel says is actually kind of practical. Angel says this, get up and eat. Sounds good. Have a snack. Grab a candy bar. In this case, probably 
some bread, right? We're reading this here. And Elijah looked around. And scripture says he looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. Angel says, get up and eat. Take care of yourself physically. And after that, Elijah did, after Elijah did that, he took another nap, proving this. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is rest. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is rest. Did you know that God gives us a gift? He gives us many gifts. But he gives us a gift. It's the Sabbath. It's the Sabbath. Time off. Time to be in his presence. To realize the goodness of God. To eat a donut and take a nap. Or to drink a matcha tea and have avocado toast. Whatever floats your boat. And then take a nap. Do whatever your thing is and rest. I'm doing that tomorrow. I have a day off from my job and I'm going out on a Sabbath rest day and I'm taking a couple people with me that are going to be taking tomorrow as time off to rest in the presence of God. I promise you, though, that the moment you schedule this, the moment you are intentional with your Sabbath, the moment you start to do this, the moment you start to take care of yourself physically, spiritually, mentally, your spiritual enemy is going to start whispering lies to you. He's going to say things like he's told me this week. You can't afford to do that. You haven't had enough time with your family yet. Yeah, you need to spend time here. You need to do this. You need to do household chores. You can't take the time. You're too important. You have to be here or there instead. And when he does that, you start to experience this false guilt in your mind that leads you to believe that you're letting everybody down by honoring the Sabbath. By honoring rest. And I would share with you this morning, don't let your mind bully your body. Don't let your mind bully your body. Don't let false guilt talk you out of what God commanded, what God gifted. It's amazing that he has to command us to take it. After it, like it, This is a gift. But he's constantly reminding us in scripture to take the Sabbath, to rest. Don't let false guilt talk you out of what God commanded this gift, this one of his ten commandments, which is to rest. One of the most spiritual things you may do is to take a break, to breathe, take a day off, take a week off, to be still, and to know he is God. The Sabbath, Sabbath living, rest is a gift and tool for joy, peace, and in fighting burnout. Some of you just need a break. You need intentional breaks. You need rest. And some of you need more than rest. You need rest in a different way than you might think you need rest. You need to incorporate ways of Sabbath living and restful living in your life. And I want to try and kind of expound on this a little bit. Some experts would share this. If you work with your mind often, you might want to disengage your mind and engage your body. You might want to start doing crafting or maybe some landscaping or start working out or have a walking program or walking buddy. You might actually find out you enjoy cleaning. Something to engage your body to disengage your mind. 
On the other hand, you may work with your body. You know, maybe you're raising your kids and you're busy with your kids and your body's moving all around. You're cleaning the house all the day. Maybe you're mowing the lawn and you work a lot, whatever it is. And you might need to rest your body and engage your mind. Maybe you need some time at the beach on this gorgeous day to go there, enjoy beauty and nature and read a book. Maybe you need to call up a friend, get a coffee and engage in adult conversation for some of those parents out there that are like, Oh man, I could really use some adult conversation. What do you need? You might need different rhythms. You might need a different pace of life. You might need a refill. You might need community. You might need some friends. What else do you need? I can tell you this morning what every single one of us here needs. Absolutely. No doubt. You need an encounter with the presence of a holy God. That's what you need. Not just knowledge of him, not just knowing that he exists. You need his presence, an encounter. Elijah rested, and after he rested, he took a long journey to Mount Horeb, and the Lord appeared to Elijah. And the Lord said to him, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains, uh, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. The Lord wasn't in the wind the earthquake, or the fire. Where was he? He wasn't in the extraordinary. He was in the ordinary. God was in the whisper. If you'll be still and slow down, God may speak to you in the ordinary moments. Sometimes these are hard, but he does speak in the ordinary moments, like when you're dropping your kids off in the car line, when you're waiting for the doctor or the nurse to call your name at a doctor's appointment when you're doing the dishes at home, when you're trying to love that person at work that's really, really difficult to love, when you're trying to pay the bills, when you're driving from one place to another, and you can think about the goodness of God, and he speaks to you in these things, in the ordinary. He whispers to you. If you're overwhelmed by stress this morning or overcome with anxiety and on the edge of burnout, why, why, God, why does your voice seem so quiet sometimes? Why do you whisper? I want you to be in the extraordinary and the things I just can't miss, right? That's what we want sometimes. That's what we look for. But this is a beautiful promise and so true. He whispers because he is always close. He doesn't have to shout. He is always close. That's why he whispers. And what I love about this passage is that Elijah is in the darkness of this cave. He's had enough. He had that thing, that, the straw that broke the camel's back. He's there and in that moment, and he is in that cave. And it was the whisper that drew him out in verse 13. It wasn't the extraordinary. It was the whisper of God that drew him out of the cave. And if you're in that darkness of despair, the edge of burnout, he may whisper and draw you out. But you need to rest and to look for him. 
in the ordinary. You need to take the time to stop to listen and be still. I think when you do that, you'll hear some truths instead of the lies that the enemy often tries to tell you. I think he'll start telling you certain things. If, if you feel brokenhearted, he'll tell you, I'm close to the brokenhearted. If you feel overwhelmed, he might whisper, I saved those who are crushed. If you feel hurt, he says, you're not, you're not helpless. You're not hopeless. You might feel discouraged. He might whisper, you're never without hope. You say, you might say, I feel weak. I just can't go on. I can't do this anymore. He says, when you are weak, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. You may feel alone and he says, you're struck down, but you are not abandoned. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I love what the message paraphrase says that Jesus, the Son of God, shared. He makes an invitation to those that feel like life is too much. And in the message paraphrase says this. I love how it reads. Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burnout on religion? I might add to it, are you depressed and crushed by anxiety this morning? Do you feel like that mountain is incredibly high and it's just been building and building and you've been sinking into negativity because of it you started believing the lies of the enemy have you been hurt and betrayed abused experiencing the heartache of trauma if that's you if you fit in any of those jesus says this to you are you tired worn out burn out on religion come to me get away with me and you'll recover your life I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Lean on the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. What do you need today? You may need rest on this Sunday, this Sabbath day, you may need to be still before God. You may need different rhythms in your life, a different pace of life. Maybe you need to be more on step with Jesus and not 10 paces trying to outrun him. You may need a different type of rest. But I promise you what you do need is you need Jesus. You need Jesus, an encounter, not just knowing him, not just knowing the stuff inside and out, but an encounter, experiencing a good God who's not just only in the extraordinary things, in those mountaintop experiences, but when you, in those ordinary everyday moments, you need an encounter, you need to be seeking and listening to him. Because here's what's true, he is with you, he is with us right now. And he is coming. He is here. He is with us at this very moment. And sometimes all you need is just one touch, one word from our Savior. Maybe this word for you this morning is just come. Come to me. Come to Jesus. Encounter my presence. Sit in my presence. Trust me with your stuff. Let go. Whatever it is you're holding on to, you can let go. You can surrender. Be on pace with me. You don't need to be worried about tomorrow. I am here with you today. 
I am walking with you and I see you. And it's okay to hurt. It's okay to feel overwhelmed, but you're trying to hold on to too much. Just come to me. Give it to me and I will give you rest. I will speak to you in the whisper, whatever it is that you need to hear today. Find the time. Sabbath is a gift. Rest is a gift. Intentionally seeking our Father and having an encounter with Him, it should be the desire and the cry of our heart to experience that. Above all the stuff, all the things we could do, all the things that we could just keep going and keep going and keep going with, the number one thing that I know I want is that encounter, to feel His presence, to do whatever I need to do, to let go of whatever I need to let go of in order to encounter Him in my life. Maybe you're there this morning too. God, I pray for this awesome church family. God, I thank you that they are here this morning. I thank you for so many that were refreshed and excited to be here. But in all honesty, there were some hands that went up earlier that are experiencing stress and burnout. And God, there's many of us that are truly struggling behind it all. God, I I pray that we would let go, that we would seek you, that we would encounter your presence, that you would heal us this morning. I want to pray for those that you're speaking directly to at this moment. God, would you whisper to them in this moment? Would you whisper your peace, your comfort, maybe direction, maybe just that you're here, you're with them, you're holding them, you're carrying them, you're guiding them, you will never leave them, that you see them, that you hear them, that you care, that you are present that you're calling, that you have equipped them with everything that they need for this day. God, whatever it is that you need to whisper to them today, God, I pray that right now we would hear from you in this moment that we have set aside to hear from you, God. Let us hear specifically what you need us to hear. And may we follow through with being intentional and seeking you into stopping, into honoring Sabbath, honoring rest so that we can encounter an almighty God, so that we can be in step with you in this life, so we can have moments where we're holding on so tightly to things, God, where we go, okay, I'm holding too tightly. I need to let go again, God. Help me to release these things to you and help me through them. God, I pray that everyone here this morning would experience deep rest in you, in your peace. Help us not to run on our own, to do more than what you call us to do, but God, to find your rhythms of life and grace and your strength and your presence. God, if we need help, if we need additional help and and all the things that we've talked about over the weeks, God, help us to get help. Help us to get counseling if we need that. Help us to open up and let other people in. Help us to listen to those that open up to us and to be there and truly be the church to be dynamic in our relationships with one another and with you. God, help us to slow down. Help us to find you in the ordinary. Help us to find your rest and that yoke that is easy that you offer us, that burden that is light because you carry it for us. God, you are so good. We thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for this series, God. May we continue to move forward in uh, receiving your healing and help in all areas of mental health and life, God. We love you today. We thank you for the victory. We thank you for calling us and equipping us for everything that we need. 
in this life. You are a good father and we love you today. God, I pray that you would be with us, that you would bless all of us as we leave here and enjoy this beautiful weather you have given us. God, help us to just see you laced and woven throughout our day and our week. God, bless my friends as we go. We love you, Lord. We magnify you above everything going on in our lives today. And we call you holy and mighty is the Lord God. We love you today, God. In your name I pray, amen. Well, we want to thank you for coming this morning. We want to remind you of tithes and offerings to be able to give as you exit in the plates or the many ways that uh, Pastor John mentioned. If you have any questions about those ways, we'd love to, of course, be able to help you with that. We want to invite you back next week um, as Pastor John uh, shares um, a part of his exciting journey with God next week. And so we want to invite you back, invite and bring a friend. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Go with God.